This is Pastor Joseph Davis. Thank you for joining the radio ministry of Truth Gatherers Dream Center Church. We believe the Word of God is the lamp unto our feet and it is a light unto our path. This Word will bless you right now. We'll be in Malachi, the third chapter, verse 1 through 6. And then after that, we'll be in Proverbs 3, 1 through 10. Malachi 3, 1 through 6, and Proverbs 3, 1 through 10 will be our verses this morning. I've already introduced a, a, a mini-series that I often begin to teach through a mini-series. God starts to layer my teaching and my messages, and I begin to teach uh, from the series A Year for the Books. It's also a prophetic word um, that God's going to do exponential things in our lives and it's going to be such great things as if you really need to write a book. I'm not telling that you need to become an author, I'm not telling you, but I'm saying it's gonna be something that people won't believe it unless you told them. God's gonna do miraculous things in our life and it's called a year for the books. A year for the books. A record-breaking year that God wants to break many of us out of the normal, the regular. God wants to give many of us new rhythms a new cycle, a cycle of change, a, a cycle of increase, a cycle of growth. Um, and so I want to teach um, right under that topic, um, your perception means everything when it comes to prosperity. Your perception means everything when it comes to prosperity. Your perception means it's the way you think about a thing or the way you understand a person. How you view a, a person, your perception. It is also how you interpret through your five senses. And so your five senses also has a great part in how you uh, perceive things. Your perception, touch, sight, sound, smell, taste. Even your experiences, past experiences, often can determine how you perceive a thing, a person, a place, a thing. And you can you can go to a good place, but if you had bad memories at a good place, no matter how good that place is, if you had a bad memory there, until your memory or your experience is rehabbed or refreshed, you will never have a good experience, even though it's a great place. So perception means everything when it comes to prosperity. The Bible declares that so a man thinketh, so is he. In other words, that you can't take any person anywhere, a person anywhere, except you first start dealing with their mind. Unless they either get new information, new, new knowledge, perceive something differently, have, go through a metamorphosis, a transformation, something happens in the way they view things, until that time you cannot change them. You can give people great blessings great tokens of love you can give them money you can give them resources but if their mind is still in the dumps you've just given being nice and they can't do anything with it the bible even declares in another scripture that um god doesn't put new wine in old wine skins it teaches us that God understands that although the wine has a purpose and the wine can do what it's created to do unless the vessel has the capacity to hold it to use it that you're just wasting wine it says that God first has to deal with the insides of us the way we think 
where we perceive in order to give us more. So many times when God is promising you increase, when God is promising you promotion, when God is promising you a new home, a new relationship, when God is promising you a, a, a spouse to be and telling you what your future holds and encouraging you, it's really trying to get you ready. Many times when God talks to us that way, our problem is we do nothing with our minds. All we do is sit back and wait for God to do it. We get excited and we live with adrenaline, but we never prepare to be ready for what's coming. It's your mind. You got to get your mind. Say, get your mind ready. If God blessed you today with great opportunity and millions of dollars, the question is, will you be ready for it? Because money is only going to magnify what you are, who you already are. All right. If you if you are a a, a unhealthy shopper, an unhealthy shopper. Come on, say I ain't saying I ain't picking on shopping because there's no way I can look good if I don't shop too. We all got to do a little shopping to keep up with something. Come on, somebody say we all got to do a little shopping. But if you are an exorbitant, exaggerating shopping and you shop beyond your means, giving you more money ain't going to help you. You know what's about to happen. You know you're going to buy those spending. So God has to deal with our minds, our views of things in order to help us get to where he wants us to be. He also has to give us correct knowledge because you just can't have any knowledge. You can have wrong information. Have you ever got to a wrong place because somebody gave you wrong information? Somebody told you go A, B, C, D and you did A, B, C, D. So it's not that you don't have the capacity to follow instructions. But if you, got, if you were given wrong information, you end up at a place that you ain't supposed to be. I don't know if you ever got up in town and, and got into a new town and you're trying to find a place where the family reunion is going to be. And it's somewhere behind the third tree, turn right down a, a dirt avenue. I don't know if you ever go down till you see a yellow sign. You ain't never got them type of instructions. And you keep passing by the place. And you find out somebody gave you the wrong instructions. You're going in circles because not you don't have information, but you have incorrect information. So sometimes God's people are not really achieving what God desires because we have incorrect knowledge. Uh, my task here today is to teach and give you correct knowledge. Um, also, this teaching here uh, this morning, really I had to pray about it. Not that nothing's wrong with it, but as a pastor, it could appear to be self-serving. What I'm going to teach about could be appear to be self-serving. And I prayed about it and the Lord kept putting it on my heart. A teacher on this thing and I said well Lord you know that's not my heart he said of course that's why I'm asking you to teach it he says but these were two areas of your life and I'm gonna just deal with one area today of your life that radically changed my life one of them not everything I had to do some other things but this one area radically changed my life is when I start portioning my money to be a blessing to God's house I'm gonna teach on it today it radically changed my life because what happens is when I start gearing and targeting my harvest to what God cares about and giving a portion of my money to what God cared about God start caring about what I was praying about 
I got to teach you what worked for me because it works for the Bible. The Bible puts it in there. But sometimes we try to give people things that sound good, make you feel good. But this one right here going to discipline you. Tell somebody a little discipline here. This one going to discipline you. Sometimes we like things that feel nice. You know, you know somebody knock, knock on our door and say, hey, I know you tired of working. Aren't you tired of working? Aren't you tired of putting in 40 hours a week and bringing home little to nothing? And they give you that story and they just make it seem that it's just so easy to get rich. If somebody knock on your door and tell you how simple it is to get rich, you better first hear a good testimony from them. You better know what they're doing because sometimes people be selling you stuff they ain't even doing themselves. Come on somebody, you know what I'm saying? And if it's that easy to do, then everybody will be doing it. But anything that's worth doing is going to take some time. Going to take some effort. Some of us got to stop getting the hood wink and okey-doke. Y'all know the hood wink. Bamboozled. Shanked. Because we don't want to put in the work that it takes to become what God wants us to be. Come on, somebody. Come on, so even in the church, if we're not careful, we'll make it make people think that God doesn't bless the diligent hand. I said the diligent person. We'll make things, and, and I'm telling you, it's tough living a life off of supernatural miracles every week. Oh, that's tough. Are you kidding me? Every week, you got to believe God for where your rent going to come from? That's stress. Every week? Every week, you need a turnaround? Every week? No, that's stress. Somewhere, you got to be brought out of that 911 and established in a consistent way of living that brings you from all that pressure and anxiety. Come on, God wants to teach you certain things so you can live a, a flourishing life consistently. Come on, somebody. My life got better. Oh, I'm feeling good this morning. My life got better when my prayer list concerning my immediate needs went down. I said went down. What I didn't have to pray about if I'm going to have gas this week. My joy went up. Oh, my joy went up. You know how much joy I had when I had to spend time talking to my Lord. Now, I was there at one moment. I'm telling you, I was really there. But I said, God, you got to get me out of this mindset and this lifestyle where I'm always in the 911. And, and nobody won't tell you, but I'm going to tell you today. Nobody else wouldn't tell you. I'm going to tell you today. Nobody likes a good friend that's always in the 911. No, they wouldn't tell you because they're your friend, but I'm the pastor today and I want to give you good knowledge. I love you. Nobody likes a good friend. You're a good friend. They love you genuinely. That's always in a 911. No, they won't tell you. No, no, no. No, no, no. This is real. Somehow you got to get good knowledge, good wisdom, begin to build up your life that you're not always in a 911. I'm not trying to offend you because I know what it was to live in the 911. And when I was in the 911, I worked some extra jobs. I got one good job right now, but before I had one good job, I had a couple jobs. And I had to do what I had to do to get out of that 911. And when I got out of that situation, I didn't put myself back in that situation. Come on, somebody, because I don't want to be working 18 hours of a 24-hour day. 
because when you overwork then then you don't get enough sleep then your body and your mind don't get other things that you need like socialization come on somebody and adults still need to be socialized come on somebody you can tell adults who ain't used to friends and used to nobody being nice and used to come on because you're locked up under a 911 and god wants you to get get you out of that regiment y'all ready here today all right malachi 3 let's go to the word gotta deal with your perception gotta teach on spiritual disciplines I mean, Malachi 3, and I'm going to start reading at verse 1. I think at verse 1. No, let me read it. I'm sorry. That's at verse 1. Yeah. Let me go to verse 6. Appreciate it. Thank you. I say verse 1, but let me go to verse 6. He says, I am the Lord. I do not change. I change not. I'm reading from a different translation. KJV is on the screen, which is great. This is why you and your descendants of Jacob are not already destroyed. Because he said, I've been there for you. So that's why you're not destroyed. What he tells people, ever since the days of your ancestors, you have scorned my decrees and failed to obey them. Now return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of the heavenly armies. He says, look, I've been keeping you. I've been preserving you, but I need you to do some things. There's some things I need you to do. But you ask how can we return when we have not gone away? And so what's going on in this conversation with the Lord and the prophets giving him this message they're saying, Lord, we fine. We haven't walked away from you. We're doing what you're supposed to do. He said, how can we return? They said, how can we return when we ain't walked away? This is what the Lord says to them. He said, should people cheat me? Verse 8. I'll read it here. Will a man rob God? Most of y'all got KGV. Yet ye have robbed me, but ye say, wherein have we robbed thee? He responds in tithe and offerings. Amen. Let me first start again laying the premises of this perception that we need to have. This is how God talks to his children. One of the ways that you get your children to grow up is you call you cause your children to be responsible for the things you care about. Oh, you know what I'm saying? You know, you don't let your, your child spill things on the counter and not clean it up because as a parent your good hard working money pay for that counter and while they're still growing in responsibility it is the parents responsibility to pass on pers perspective to that child so they understand value same thing God is uh, trying to share here he's trying to tell them look let me tell you some things that are important to me and many times when we hear things that are important to God this is where we need to grow, all right? So he says, look, you have robbed me in tithe and offering. Everybody say tithe and offerings. I got to teach this. This is something that radically changed my life. When my life was off course, and many of you know my life, my, my life and my story, when my life was radically off course, when I started paying attention to what God cared about, he started paying attention to my whole life, and he brought my life in order. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Look at verse, what he says in the next verse. Verse 9. Ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me even this whole nation. Let me teach on this. Another version says, when he says you're cursed with a curse, it means you are under a curse. Everybody say under a curse. Now there's a difference in being cursed and under a curse. But if you under it, it's sooner or later going to come on you. I said if you're under it, whatever you're under is going to come on you. 
So he says, you didn't say you were cursed. He said, the curse that's on you is because of what you're under. It's the mindset. Here it is. It's the mindset that you don't have to care about what God cares about. It's a curse. You're under a curse. What is the curse? The curse is the belief system that you can live a life of blessing, favor, miraculous increase, being where you need to be, doing what you need to do without caring what God cares about. In other words, it's, it's a mindset that says I can ignore his principles, but I can still get his stuff. I don't care. And then, and then if you do the principle, I still don't care about the person. So rather than care about the person, I'll even take his principles, but I don't want to do him. And so God says, look, the only way you can really get to what I'm fully trying to give to you is you care about the things that I care about. All right. And so this sets the order of things of how God, what God cares about. He says, look, when you don't do this, you are cursed with the curse. The curse is under the curse. It's the mentality. Everybody say, God is my source. Say, my job is my resource. All right. So God is my source. And what it means is you won't ever want to jeopardize the relationship with your source. See that when you start understanding God is your source and jobs are resources, if things get rough on a job, you can get another job. You can change out another job. You can get another career, right? But 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 you you, you ain't getting another God. God is our source. God tries to anchor in our lives, and we're going to prosper that He must be our source. He must be our source. Verse 10, he says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that they may be me in my house and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will now open up the windows of heaven, pour you out a blessing that there should not be room enough to receive. Let me break this down and give you some principles and the truth about tithes. Number one, and I got this from Brother Otis Forster. Raise your hand, Brother Otis Forster. I got this point number one. So if you talk to me in the, in the foyer, on the phone, um, I may take a point from you, all right? I'll give you credit, but I, I may take one of your points, especially when it's good. Point number one, tithing isn't a salvation issue. It is not a salvation issue. Jesus alone paid for our purchase, our salvation. Right, But it's also not an excuse because you saved and qualified to heaven that you don't tie. Imagine a mindset that says, well, I'm saved, I'm good for heaven. Forget the church. But the church or the temple is the entity that God has chosen to corporately express his will. So tithing is not a salvation is issue. Meaning if you don't tithe, you still go get to go to heaven, right? So we can't come in here and make up nothing, all right? We, we making up nothing. Number one, this ain't no fundraiser, so we ain't trying to do no fundraiser. Let me clarify certain things. Let me give you some disclaimers here. Because sometimes people teach on stuff because they got a bill to do in a church or something. Or you come from an old, old church, some other church where the pastor need a new Cadillac or something like that you know to pass something crazy and it, that's why we're talking no we're talking about money because it's biblical all right we're not talking about because there's some special need or something we just ain't no fundraiser all right so if you don't tithe you still go to heaven right and if you do tithe you still can go to hell 
That's a truth. Because it's not a salvation issue. So you can tap into the principle and the power of tithe and God will honor it. Y'all ain't hear what I'm saying. I said God will honor the principle of tithe. God will honor it, but salvation-wise, you only get in the gates if you know Jesus. You can be rich, but if you don't know Jesus, you ain't getting in the gate. You can be a billionaire, but if you don't know Jesus, you're not getting in the gates. Tithing is not a salvation issue. All right. Number two, tithing is about portioning and budgeting. Tithe is the fruit of your labor. So it's about portioning and budgeting. It's the fruit. Everybody say the fruit of your labor. All right. And tithe means tenth. And I've been teaching on this so everybody will know. And I know there are people based on your life, and I'm proud to be very practical here today. I know people based on your life, you're working on the tithe. Right. You got some financial challenges and you're trying to work on the tithe, the 10%. All right. And it's 10%. So even if you're giving 5%, you're not truly tithing yet. All right, I just want you to know that. We don't, want, we don't want to make you think you're doing what the Bible says. You're working on it. I'm trying to give you credit for working on it. But tithe means tenth. All right? All right? It means tenth. Not fifth. Not, not third. All right. Now, the first thing, it's a portion of your fruit of your labor. And it's 10%. It means a tenth. All right? So tithing is about portioning and budgeting. All right? All right. That's what tithe is about. Tithing also says it's not about your labor. It's the fruit of your labor. So you can't volunteer your tithe. You can volunteer, but you can't volunteer your tithe. I know we come up with different formulas. I'm going to hold this money. But I'm going to cut the grass, wash the windows. I'm Tithe is 10%. If you're doing 10% of tithe, on time then you at least should be tracking your time you ain't doing that either I'm just trying to get people out of this mindset that we're going to change the tithe into something else what happens many times when you want to do something different you come up with your own ways to perceive stuff you know I'm going, I'm going to fix this I'm not going to work on the tithe I'm going to work on giving my time you, you can give time but you cannot tithe your time. It's the fruit of your labor. Did you get time for your labor? How about your boss tell you when payday come? I'm gonna pay you some time. No, you ain't like it that now. No, don't 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 back up. Come on in here. Don't back up now. Telling God you're gonna give God some more time. He the one gave you time. See, this is the mindset we get in, you know. And we like, God, I'm going to give you back time. <laughs> no, I want the fruit of your labor. I want the fruit of your expertise. I want the sweat, 10% of the sweat of your brow. I want you to prove that that job is not your all in all. Prove it to me. How do you prove it to me unless you start giving me a portion of what it comes from? It's the fruit of your labor, all right? Tithing is a responsibility issue. It's a responsibility issue. We've been telling people God doesn't need your money. That is not true. It says it in the scripture bring your money to the temple. God needs your money for the temple. All right, for the temple. So the money and the money is for to be used for the effective facilitation and the call of the temple. 
and the things that take care of the things of God. So I'm telling you today, it's a responsibility issue, but God does need your money. So get rid of that myth. God needs it for the temple. Right? You need it for the temple. Point number four, tithing is about trust. Tithing is about trust. It's about trust. I already said it's about budgeting because that's a big part of tithing. But the other part, after you budget, you can have the money and still not do it because you don't want to trust. You don't want to trust. You don't want to trust. And I know what it is to be struggling financially. And God challenged me to trust him. I'm not preaching from a point of view that I've never been there, been there, done that. But let me tell you something. I will never go back to where I used to be. I said, I will never go back. I will never go back. Come on, I will never go back. I am so confident in what how God will provide and take care of me. This is what I often say. Before I go without, this is how I talk. It may sound kind of funny. But the way I talk, before I really go without with a real need, God won't let you sleep. You, not you sleep. I said, you sleep. You understand what I'm saying? Meaning God will put it on somebody's heart to bless me. I'm in such situation. I know I'm in such congruency. Lord, I'm feeling the Holy Spirit helping me. I'm in such congruency with his word as it relates to my budget and my giving, my relationship. I already know that if I have a real challenge in my life, that God's going to make that thing work out. And somebody who has the need going to bless me and God not do no hocus pocus. I ain't talking about no manipulation. I ain't talking about none of that. I'm talking about God's favor. God's favor is going to work on my behalf. Because I'm alive. Let me give you Matthew 6 while I'm in there, while I'm in the zone. Matthew 6 says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Meaning the way he does things. Then it says, and all these things. What are the things? Food, shelter, whatever you need. All these things will be added. Our problem and our challenge is we try to put God second, third, and fourth. But we want a first class lifestyle. We try to put God fifth, and then we have the nerve to pray like we're living with him first. We have the nerve to tell God to hang from a chandelier, go to Australia and bless me. We have the nerve to pray these big prayers, but we're putting God second and third. He said, seek me first. Say, God wants first place. See, the tithe represents a first part of your giving. Uncle Sam already don't trust you, so he take his out first. Talk about you will give it to him later. <laughs> Knowing when you get with your, t- just like me, just like me, when tax time come, I tell my tax accountant, man, you work this thing. What you need, mileage? What, what you need? What kind of allowance? I work this thing. Because I don't want to pay Uncle Sam nothing. And Uncle Sam already know you don't want to pay him nothing, so he get his stuff first. He said, I'm getting mine off the top. I don't trust none of y'all. I know y'all talking about pay me back later. I got you. I got but the Lord doesn't do it that way. Even the, the church doesn't do it that way either. The church doesn't do it that way either. And so God says, listen, you, you got to give this thing freely out of your heart. It's about, say, it's about trust. Tithing is also for the benefit of all. All right, benefit of all. Look at verse 10, 10b. It says, if you do this, I will open up the windows of heaven for you. Pour out a blessing so great you won't have room enough to take it in. So he says, when I bless you, it's designed to be a testimony to your life. I, I stop faking. Lord, y'all going to have to help me today. I'm telling you, I feel good about this teaching. I stop faking like God didn't bless me. 
I never wake up in the morning and try to fake that God didn't take me out of what I was in. Come on, y'all don't know. I remember being hungry as a college student. Went over to Burger King right here on Tennessee Street across from FSU. I only had a few dollars left and I, they were having those dollar whoppers. I'm telling you, you thank God for those sales when your money low. Thank you, Holy Spirit. That money was low. I only had a few dollars. I went over to Burger King, got me two whoppers. Because I was like, Lord, I got to make it through the weekend. I got to make it through. I was on the FSU lunch program and I don't already have my meals for the week. You know, you get a certain ration and stuff like that based on what you pay as a student. And I, I was, my, I was, I was like, Lord, I got to figure this thing out. I went and got me a whopper. And uh, first day, I, first day, um, I took that whopper and I made that whopper two meals. Y'all ain't saying what I'm saying. One day it was bread, tomato, and lettuce. Y'all ain't saying nothing. If you ever been in a challenge, you have to learn how to stretch stuff. So I'm not talking about something I ain't never lived. I had to learn how to stretch stuff. One day that whopper was bread, lettuce, and tomato. And the next day I ate the meat. Stretching stuff. Doing what I had to do to get by. But I just knew I didn't want to keep living that way. Sooner or later when I start giving, the other thing that happens, I want you to watch it, when he said I'll pour out a window, what happens is we've been looking for this window all in the sky. When you start tithing, God opens you up. You, he opens you up and you start seeing who you are. You start seeing your gifts, your talents. I feel the anointed just as much as I feel like shouting. You start really recognizing your innovation, your creativity, and you start recognizing why you were put here in the earth. So when you start tithing, God don't allow you to walk around not recognizing who you are, what you can do, how you can contribute to the world, right? Because if you don't recognize your giftedness, you don't have a means of exchange. Your income can't grow if you don't recognize how good you are in a certain area of life. But the moment you start recognizing what you've been born to do, created to do, and that only happens when he opens you up. See, the window, we've been looking in the sky for the window, but the window is in you. Some of us are closed up. We don't know who we are. We don't know what our gifts are all about. We don't know our creativity. We don't know. Some of y'all got gifts that you can be making extra money on the side. Some of y'all think you cook like everybody else but the truth of the matter you got a little edge on your cooking some of y'all think you're regular like everybody else see that see y'all see y'all don't understand he said well open up window the window is in you you recognize who you are see one of the gifts i recognize is i'm a problem solver and i have a tendency that's a flip side of the coin with my problem solving attitude i gotta it's a flip side you gotta pray for me on the flip side of that the flip side of being a problem solver is many times I have to deal with tasks I don't want to do. If it ain't hot, if it ain't got no real problems to it, if it ain't got no real juice to it, if, it don't, if it's not an emergency, if it's boring and it feel like everybody else can do it, don't have it. That's the flip side. But sometimes within my frame of responsibility, I have to do those things. Give me the problems. Give me the thing that got dirt on it. That's how I feel. Give me the thing that's all messy because I have a gift of problem solving. I don't even get afraid of it. A problem? <laughs> Good. See what I can make out of this situation. See what I can turn this thing into. Problems? 
See, that's my gift, all right? That's my gift. There's a flip side of that thing, but when you recognize who you are, you can maneuver through life. Some of you are closed up. Your life is closed up. I was broke. I was married. I done told y'all how much I was getting paid a year. And I don't know about you. I just believe I just believe I just wasn't created to be broke. Now you can come up with your own definition of what you've been created to do. I have not been created to live in this earth and be broke. Not me. Now you can accept that. Well, because again, you can be broke and go to say go to heaven. I believe heaven is priority. So, and if you have to be broke to go to heaven, then be broke. If you have to, but I don't have to. I had the capacity to have money and still make it in. Come on, I, I had the capacity. So everybody don't have the capacity. Some people get money and they go backwards. They start backsliding. You, you stay broke. Cause we want you to go to heaven. Y'all see what I'm saying? <laughs> Give me your money, right? <laughs> Cause we want you to make it in. <laughs> But when I was struggling, I got married, and it was very frustrating when I first got married, and Pastor Robin got married. We loved each other, and love can bring you through a whole lot of stuff. But sooner or later, you want some money to pay some bills. Amen. I said love. You don't even want the love to be under pressure. The love can be under pressure. Come on, somebody. I remember one time, Pastor Robin um, opened up the cabinet. We first got married, he opened up the cabinet. And um, showed them cabinet. She was like, we ain't got nothing in here. We barely got anything in here. And she was like, she was frustrated. I went in the kitchen. Man, I opened the cabinet. I'm like, we got beans. We got poking beans. We had about five cans or something. There wasn't much in there. But I was just like, well, you know, we got something. She was like, we ain't got nothing in here. You know, she wanted full. I'm like, we got something cooked. You know. Put a marriage under stress. We arguing about poking beans and marriages are challenged because of financial challenges we was in there fussing about pork and beans but when we start living by faith and trusting God we ain't got to argue no more now the arguments are different where you want to go I want to go to Atbat no I want to go to Steak and Ale I want to you know it's a different level now See, it's a different. It's different. And some of us don't understand how much we need God in the area of prosperity. I stop acting like my relationship and my faith in God should not have a tangible effect on who I am as a person and how I live. Because the other thing about me, too, is I also like to give. It's hard to give to other people when you're struggling for yourself. Tell somebody I want to be able to bless people much easier. Come on. Don't be afraid of this type of grace. Don't be afraid of this type of perception and this type of prosperity. I want to drive fear. Fear. You know what? You, you, you're really not ready to receive until the fear of giving lives your life. I said you ain't ready to receive until the fear of giving live your life. Leave your life. I, I was I was young and married and we was fussing over pork and beans and all this kind of stuff. And, 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 and the Bible says money answereth all things. All things. And so sometimes all you need is some money. Sometimes. It answers. But it's, it's, it teaches about the nature of money. Money will answer all things. It's not necessary that the money is the answer to all things. I can teach now. But money will show answer. I said money will show answer. 
Oh yeah, it will. Money will show answer. All right. So I want to teach you these things of prosperity. Uh, look at. I'm still there in the verse. Um, verse eleven. Look at verse eleven. I want to get through here, and I'm gonna to go to Proverbs. And we'll be done. Let's go to verse eleven. This is what it said. And I will rebuke. Now listen to this. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. God says, when you take care of my things, the thing I care about, which is my temple through tithes and offering. God says, I will enter your warfare. I will rebuke anything coming your way. I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Meaning God going to keep you prosperous, and I'll do warfare against the thing that comes against you. So giving to God's things, the household of faith, will rebuke the devourer in your life. So tithing increases your ability to do warfare against your enemy. Here's verse 7, verse 12, point number 7. And I'll repeat the points real quick, real quick. Verse 7, tithing obligates God to showing you off. All the nations shall call you blessed, for ye shall be a delightsome land, says the Lord. All right, so it obligates God to show you off. When you tithe, it obligates God to show you off. Here are the seven points. Tithing is not a salvation issue, number one. Tithing is about portioning and budgeting. Point number two, tithing is a responsibility issue. Tithing is about trust. That's number four. Tithing is for the benefit of all. Verse, that's number six. Tithing is warfare for your prosperity, and tithing obligates God to showing you off. Let me read my final verses here, and we'll pray together. Proverbs 3, 3 1 through 10. Proverbs 3, 1 through 10. I got excited about Proverbs 3, 1 through 10, because many of us only quote these first few, few verses in Proverbs 3. Well, let's go down a few more verses here. Verse 1 says, My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace. Everybody say length of days, long life and peace. All right. Shall they add to thee? All right. Verse three, let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck, write them on the table of thine heart. He says when it comes to mercy and truth, let it be like a necklace. Put it around your neck. Don't forget them. Write it on the table of your heart. God moves through mercy and truth. Yes. Verse 4, so shall thou find what? Favor. Everybody say favor. favor. When you begin to obey God, follow his commandments, you're going to find favor. Yes, sir. And a good understanding. See, when you're locked out of life, you don't even understand how life works. You don't even understand how relationships work. Many of you don't understand you are relationships away from breakthrough in your life. But when you're locked out of good understanding, you ignore networks and relationships. You don't even pay attention to the relationships God has given you to prosper you. But when you obey God's commandments, you're going to find favor and good understanding. Here it is. In the sight of what? God and? Part of our problem is we've been trying to be blessed we're trying to pay attention to God and ignoring man. You got to have some decent relationships. Lord, y'all going to help me teach today. You can't walk around talking about you're going to be blessed treating people any type of way. Because blessings, God uses men and women as dispensers of his blessings. Now, I know we came to church and you shouted that God gave you a new job, but God wasn't really the one in the interview. 
He didn't want the one who called you. I know you shouted, all glory goes to God. But if you don't learn the relationship with men and women, you're still not going to be able to walk in the favor of God. So God gives a faith. You got to have faith with God and man. Here it is. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thy own understanding. This is that mindset change. In all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. One of my favorite verses. Verse 7, be not wise in thy own eyes. This is that perception is. Many times you think you're out smarter than God. I'm smarter than God. I'm telling you, giving to God's things opens you up to so much more information, insight, and perspective. One of the benefits that I have through tithing is I don't have to worry about fully taking care of myself. I said fully taking care of myself. Be careful with the words that I use. I said fully taking care of myself. All right? I don't neglect to do the things I, I have to do, but I know I have a daddy. As grown as I am, I still have a daddy, and he's a father God, and I know who is fully responsible for taking care of me. You understand what I'm saying? All right? So don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Respect the Lord. Depart from evil. Here it is. Here's the benefits. It shall be what? Health to thy neighbor. Living right, obeying God's commands is health to you. Health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. It's talking about inner strength. Everybody say inner strength. Marrow is the inner part of the bone. It's the inner strength. So obeying God, living for God, puts inner strength to you. Here it is, verse 9, 10, and I'll be done. Honor the Lord with thy substance. Honor the Lord. Honor him. You've been working all week? You got paid? Honor the Lord. Honor him that it is him that has allowed you to go get wealth. It is him that has allowed you the opportunity. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all. Now, I know we're not going to skip scripture here today to be uncomfortable. See, once you get used to blessing God and honoring God, it's just a principle you live by. I never miss my 10% ever. Somebody bless me, I bless God back. It ain't no big thing. I already know 10% don't belong to me. It's simple as that. And once you get used to it, it's a way of conducting your life and honoring God. It says, He told them to honor with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. Here is the promise, and we're praying. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty. And thy presses will burst out with new wine. You can't tell me that God's not obligated to his word. And we will obligate ourselves to what God, how God thinks and God, how God works and start honor. Everybody say honor. honor. That's the last point I want to talk about is this thing is about honor. It's not about paying a bill. Tithe is not a bill. Because you know the relationship you have with bills. You put them on the counter and don't want to look at them. You know the relationship you have with bills. You know, I got this bill, you know. It's a different relationship. It's about honor. Tithing is about honor. It's not about a bill. I got to pay my tithe bill. It ain't no bill. And tithing is not dues. Pay dues to the club, to the fee, whatever membership you But no, not dues. That's something else. I know people don't grow up on dues. That's right, pay your dues. 
but your dues are not your tithe. Your tithe is your 10%. And I want you to understand that when you start taking care of the thing God cares about with your substance, come on, stand your feet, I want to pray. God's going to ensure that you start walking in favor and grace. God bless you. If that blessed your soul, we will love for you at your next opportunity to join us in worship every Sunday morning in Monticello, the Victorious Church at 8 a.m. or our Dream Center location here in Tallahassee at 10 a.m. We would love to have you and your family and we can't wait for you to join us at any of our locations. This is Pastor Joseph Davis. God bless you and join us again.